The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey, as always, with my friend Sondra Bernstein. We went on the road this week, and we are at the amazing... Fancy Food Show. Specialty Food Show. Uh, What is the actual name? Is it Fancy Food Show? The actual name is... The actual name is the Winter Fancy Food Show. Winter Winter. Fancy, because there's a summer one in New York City. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but this is a virtual wonderland of food. This is, well, we're going to let Ron, who's our guest, Ron Tanner, who's been with um, this organization for, are you the oldest employee? Oldest employee? Not oldest as in age, (laughs) but term with the company. I am, am, and I've been with the association for 30 years. So it's been a a long time and a really great history. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. And, you know, I... I, we first learned about it because we, in 1999, our first product was our fig and port vinaigrette. And then 2000, we came out with a few more. Um, the first few years, Valley Fig Growers were nice enough to let us um, piggyback on their booth by making food with figs. And then we actually had a booth um, one year that was incredible. But it was, it was too much for us. So that is just like a tiny, tiny microcosm of like somebody that could actually be here. But this organization, and, and we're going back, you know, 1999, 2000, 2001. I mean, it's grown considerably. And as anybody who's listening can know, the amount of choices on the shelves now just keeps growing and growing and growing. So anyway, I want to introduce Ron Tanner. Again, 30 years with uh, the organization, and I'm sure you've worn a few different hats in over the role over the years. And um, what? Tell me, what do you love the most about this organization? Well, the Specialty Food Association is the owner and sponsor of the fancy food shows. We also do a lot of educational programs. We do a lot of government activity, and we do a lot of networking to bring people together. But the shows are really the premier things that we do. Um, the Winter Fancy Food Show here in San Francisco, and it's pretty much always in San Francisco. Thank goodness. Um, yes, I mean we went to San <laughs> once. Di- we went to right. San Diego twice. Oh, twice. And, I went and, there once, and both were not by our choice. There was, you know tech conventions going on um, here so we weren't able to get the facilities we yeah we got bumped um but what the 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 fun thing about the show is that you have 1400 entrepreneurial companies here who are showing their food products we estimate there's probably about 80,000 different specialty foods out there and it's everything from jelly beans to chocolate to cricket snacks to granola to you know all kinds of different things there's somebody up in incubator village who's making pickles out of sea kelp you oh. know so just all kinds of innovation and this is really really where innovation lives in the food industry you know and for me and for our association it's really an honor and exciting to be able to bring that to the market yeah it's incredible i mean people have been made in this market no doubt um, thousands and thousands of people. I mean, people like Stonewall Kitchens, where they started so small and, you know, become a huge conglomerate. And, you know, Jenny's splendid ice cream, and she's become, you know, superstar ice cream maker. I mean, but people really, their careers and their expansion in their businesses, really, this is huge, as well as a sales tool. Yeah, it's interesting, even if you look at the history of the association, one of our founders of the association back in 1952 was Bigelow Tea. Ah. 
And there was a, a, I think it was the the wife of, um, you know, the Bigelows, you know, she came up with this tea called Constant Comment. She put orange in the tea. And back in 1952, that was a big, big specialty <laughs> item. And they founded the association um, along with 10 other organizations. And now Bigelow Tea is, you know, Big, big, but still a family-owned company, mm-hmm. and doing great things. They own a tea plantation off the coast of Charleston, South Carolina, and trying to bring back a lot of things. But through the years, there's been companies like Bigelow Tea, um, Evian Water debuted at the Fancy oh. Food Show, Perrier Water debuted at the Fancy Food Show, wow. Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream debuted at the Fancy Food Show. So even back in the 60s and 70s, you have all these really wonderful products, and you know it just continues to happen. Um, um, kind bars debuted at the fancy food show, and now they're pretty much everywhere. Right. Um, Pop chips debuted here. Um, Chobani, you know, showed here. I'm not sure if they debuted here, but mm-hmm. you know, there's been wonderful brands, and w- what we like to think of them are really kind of disruptors in the food system. So there's these companies that are doing something which is changing the way people eat and maybe changing a category in food and the fancy food show gives them an opportunity to to do that and to bring it to lots of buyers so if i have a food product at what point in the process do i have to be in in order to get involved we have an admissions policy, so we have a rule that in order to be a member, and you need to be a member to exhibit at the Fancy Food Show, you have to be in business for a year, mm-hmm. and you have to have five. And we get to vote on you. Yeah, they do vote on you. You have to have five accounts. Um, the, the purpose of that, and we're changing that a little bit going forward, but we don't Stricter want... Stricter or looser? Different. Different, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the purpose of the rule is that... You know, if a buyer for Molly Stones or for Nugget Market or somebody sees a product here, we want that company be, to be prepared to deliver that product. You know, we don't really want them to, you know, not be able to do that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a, a classification called a member candidate, and they have a um, section called New Brands on the Shelf, and they don't have to follow those rules. But we have them in a separate section, so any of the buyers which are going over there realize that they aren't quite yet established companies. Um, Going forward, we're going to change the membership a little bit, and it will be easier to become a member. Um, You won't have to have that um, be in business for a year in five retail accounts, but it... um, it, you'll still have to have those rules to exhibit at the show. To exhibit. Yeah, because we really feel it's important to be able to keep the, the those rules in effect so, you know, right. the companies can be successful when they're here. Right. Well, it's also very expensive to participate. And I would say a food company is putting a huge amount of their marketing budget, especially early, early on. It's, it, you know, it's, I think for Jelly Belly or things like that, it's just what they do every year. But for us, I mean, we learned this whole new world. You know, you had union drayage and, you know, what could be shipped in and out because we did uh, new, the New York show. And there were things that we never thought we needed to know anything about, um, but we did. And there were expenses that we weren't sure about. I think it was great because we certainly sold, we sold, this is like nothing, but we sold like 50 cases, which was huge for us at the time. I mean, we never sold like more than three or four cases at a time, but we were, you know, we went from order, you know, need and demand, and then, you know, we would have more and then we could sell it or we, you know, anyway, um, I digress there for a second, but... 
But you found it beneficial to come here and it was it just being around all of these people oh. and for, peop, for people to see the product that you had or was it that there was tools that you were learning uh, while you were here? Both. Yeah. I mean, absolutely both. It was just an incredible, I mean, the networking thing and I think that's something that you're really also really is important in your goals to network and to meet like-minded people or people that are pushing the bar in the industry disrupting by whether it's in packaging or branding or the way things look and to actually make those contacts. I mean, I'm, I found the Valley of Fig Growers at the Fig Show. I mean, wow. in when we opened in 1997, there were next to no fig products out there. And I would have to literally go to the shows and walk up and down the aisle because I would take anything that had fig. Totally different now. I mean, there's fig in there's everything. There's quite a few figs out there. A yeah, lot definitely. of figs. Yeah. But that's how I met the Valley Fig Growers. And that's how, you know, ended up buying their product to make our products. And, you know, then the relationships. And it, it just, it is pretty incredible. But it's, and I think the thing also that's really different now is all the incubators. The incubator is really good. Um, you know, we have an incubator village at this show. So we started having an incubator alley here in California a couple of years ago and had two incubators that would come in, usually La Casina and somebody else. Mm-hmm. And the buyers love that. And it gave a great opportunity for the incubators and for their clients to show their products. So in New York this past summer, we expanded it into incubator village. In New York, we had 11 incubators with 90 companies participating. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, we have a little fewer here. We have seven incubators mm-hmm. with 40 companies. Um, but we're very pleased with it. And you'll see some of the more innovative products out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we do with the association is we want people to be, be prepared to do business. So we do a class on Saturday called The Basics. It's a nine-hour class that people go to. We had about 200 people. We have about 200 people come every show wow. um, at this show it's sold out and it talks about how does how to work with distributors how to work with brokers how to price your product how to promote your product and the people that were there of the 200 you know 170 180 had not yet become members or exhibited at the show but they want to you know and we want people to succeed you know the last thing we want as an association is for somebody you know back when you were doing it I don't think this Mm -hmm. happens much anymore but for somebody to take their visa card you know put $20,000 of expenses on their credit Mm -hmm. you know start a product come to a show and then about three months later realize oh this really wasn't for me so all they've got is the experience and the debt right And, and, and we don't want that to happen and we want people to be prepared so they can be successful and they can build, help build the industry. Right. I think the other thing is that, you know, there's so much information. The website is so awesome. I think you can drill down and see what companies have what products or who's a co-packer, who's a private label, who's a broker. And that is so helpful that if, you know, that's got to be like the Bible for somebody getting into the business because everything is there. And you guys make it really easy with the app, with the website. Like you can just decide if you're a buyer where you're going to go. But, you know, the other thing is interesting, and I find this in the restaurant business and in distill and in wine. Everybody wants to have the thing that's brand new, the shiny penny. Correct. Like what do you have that nobody else has? And are we running out of things? 
I don't think so. I mean, there are so many creative products that are out there. And, you know, it could be, you know, a charcuterie master who maybe does traditional charcuterie based on charcuterie from Italy, but he came up with something else. Right. You know, he's using a, a, some meat from Sonoma doing something. So you're seeing creativity in everything. Um, and, and you're also seeing some technology coming into the industry, you know, and that's helping with creativity. Mm-hmm. We like technology, we, but we don't like fake food so it's you know it's kind of for us as an association it's it's a hard line you know because we want you know what we try to make the point of is and with your company this was so true you know behind all the products there's a person right you know and this is a person this is their dream this is what they are and that's what you have out there. We have 1,400 exhibiting companies mm-hmm. at this show, and you see the people. Right. You know, and, you know, we like that. We feel that's important. You know, in some of the natural product world, it's more the, say this in a nice way, it's more kind of the investor and uh-huh. the idea person, and you don't really see the people behind right. it. Right. You know, you go to the show, and you see... Um, you know, you see a product and you see a bunch of people in cool T-shirts, you know, and, and <laughs> a lot and, of millennials. <laughs> right. And, and you don't you don't see the soul that's behind mm-hmm. the product. And, mm-hmm. and we feel here with it's especially Food Association that our members and the exhibitors of the fancy food show still have that soul behind the products that they're selling. Right. And there's a huge loyalty as well. If you're a member here, people are loyal. I mean, I don't know, you could probably explain it, but there's a lottery system as far as what is, do you still do that? How you get your booth to some degree? It's based on how many times you've exhibited this particular show. This is the 44th show we've had. 44th winter fancy food show. We've had more summer fancy food shows. But if you are, if you've been at every show since the first one, which I think was in 1975, um, at a hotel here at the, I think the Hyatt down near Embarcadero, um, you get to choose first, you know, and, and we feel that that's the best way to do it. It's fair. Oh, it's so, so like, fair. even if you're a small company and you're taking a 10 by 10 booth, which is the smallest, you know, you get to choose before some big company, right? you know, and we, you know, that's our seniority process. We think that works, and um, I think it's very, very helpful. Yeah. So now I'm curious, what is the preferred spot? Or well, is that's it, a really good question. Do you find that it's a, it's a grouping of the people that have been members the longest are sort of in that same area? Do they tend to gravitate towards the same area every year? A lot of companies will take the same spot. Um, and... I don't think there is a preferred spot. I mean, interestingly, we have exhibitors up in the Esplanade this time, which is a new area that just right, opened I last year. I walked it yesterday, yeah, and, and I loved it. And it's packed. It was pa- It was know? nice to go through. It wasn't as packed when I was there, but I was like, oh, this is so nice, but I know it won't be like this later. Yeah, yeah. yeah and really cool stuff. Really cool stuff, mm-hmm. I think. So, so there's no particular spot that's right. bad. I mean, if you... You know, you don't want to be in the last aisle, in the last row, in the that, last booth. Right. That you know, you can, and yeah, that doesn't yeah. have a you like you can't. <laughs> right, you have right. to back where it go back. <laughs> right. That's the way right. you that, came. That's not preferred. And, right. you know, sometimes, you know, companies, particularly newer companies, they don't have the, the resources or they don't have the wherewithal to book their booth until maybe a month before or six weeks before. You get what and you, they get yeah. what they get those spots. Yeah. Um, but they still can be successful. The buyers spend time walking through the entire show. Um, the way it works here in San Francisco, the South Hall, which is the 
older hall. Actually, it was open before the North Hall, and Moscone has just gone through a beautiful renovation here. Fabulous. You know, but the South Hall was the original hall, and a lot of kind of the more established companies are over there. I was walking over there yesterday. Guitard has a lot of space mm-hmm. over there. You know, some of those companies, and they like to be there. That's where their customers know where they are. And, and some of those companies are... You know, they're they're here to, and not particularly with guitar, but some of the established companies are here to maintain the business and, and to meet the people they already do business yeah. with, mm-hmm. whereas the companies in the Esplanade are looking for new buyers. You know, so they all have kind of different aspirations for why mm-hmm. they come here. And what, so have you actually had an opportunity to walk the floor this year? <laughs> I have not, okay. uh, unfortunately. Oh, you're um, busy. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I usually get to do that on Monday afternoon and Tuesday. Okay. Um, but I know a lot of the products that are out I there. I know what the, what things particularly interested you when you saw that they were coming in. Things that you thought were fun or cool or um, um, groundbreaking. You know, I happen to really like snack foods. You know, so I enjoy all the different kinds of chips and pretzels and you know new kinds of snacks which are coming out. I think okay. those are really really fun. Um, there's a lot of really fascinating beverages that are coming mm-hmm. out. Um, that's one of the fastest growing categories mm-hmm. in specialty food. Interesting. Um, I think beverages is, uh, well, the, the top five, surprisingly, the fastest growing category is water. And there's a lot of water which now has different things put into it. Um, and that has grown 77% in the wow. last two wow. years. Wow. Uh, and the second biggest gro- growing category, and this surprises me and i'd like to see what these products are are rice cakes rice cakes have grown 64 percent in the last two years and i think people have come up with rice cakes that actually taste good you know they don't taste like the cardboard ones which were out there 20 years ago and there's so much um you know so much innovation that's coming into the industry from people that are from asia and people are from south america um they're bringing their flavors of their countries and putting them into these wonderful food products and they're they're not coming from the countries they're they're immigrants that have settled in the United States right. and they're starting their own food businesses. So they're bringing their Singapore flavors or they're bringing right. their Malaysian flavors. Which is exciting. And it's exciting. And that's, that's where a lot of the growth in the industry is. And mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the interest is. And then what's the third largest growing? Oh, the third largest growing, it's rice cakes. It's, it's ready to drink tea and coffee. Okay. You know, so, so, and basically bottled coffee and tea, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's growing really quickly. And then the one right after that is jerky and meat snacks. Jerky. Oh, yeah. I feel like, is there one jerky company like underground that just feeds all the jerky and then they get to make their little different mixes and packaging and how many jerky plants can there be in the world? I have no idea, but that would be fun to kind it, of go it, explore it all the jerky plants. That, that's what I used to think about Chinese restaurants in Philadelphia. Like it was just every one big kitchen. Everybody had an elevator up to their own dining <laughs> room. Delivery. That's kind of how I'm feeling about <laughs> jerky right now. And it's very interesting because wine has a parallel. So we have our wine label, but we don't make wine. We, some, we make some blends with some of the winemakers. We have influence over how we want the wine made, but we have that opportunity. We promote the winemaker, yet our label is on it. In the food world, when we, the very first product that we had was from Waldo, Waldo Farms or Waldo? Mm-hmm. Walden Farms. Walden Farms. Okay. And 
it was, you know, I bought the jars um, with shiners without labels and we made a label and that's what went on. And I think that as things go on, it's interesting, you know, to really find the people that were the number one person that made it. Well, it, it's the the specialty food industry. A lot of people use co-packers. Um, some of the data that we use says about 35% of the companies oh, utilize co-packers. That's actually smaller than I thought. Yeah. And um, so, so you don't have to buy. They say put your money in marketing and in the quality of the product, not in the machinery. Right. You know, so if you can expand without having all this machinery you can go a little bit more quickly and um, it's it, it makes it so people can go into the business without as much capital as they would have to have for many other right. types of businesses yeah. and that's why you see so many companies coming up with these great ideas and trying them out because someone could help them now have you gone to um, the salon de agriculture in Paris ever I've not gone to the Salon d'Agriculture in Seal. Paris. Yeah, we go to Seal. Seal. Yeah, and actually one of the um, one of the things that the association does is it tries to promote export of U.S. food products. So we have booths at Seal Paris, Seal China, mm-hmm. Foodex in Japan. You know, we're helping our members sell products into other That's countries. Fabulous. It's good. Um, it's funny, though, that at a place like Seal Paris, you know, you're there. Basically, all the French people come in. <laughs> they see your products. They turn around and go somewhere else, um, you know. But buyers from Denmark and buyers from the United Arab Emirates and buyers from Hong Kong, Dubai. you know, they're Dubai. Yeah, they yeah. are looking for American food yeah. products. And it's such an international show, yeah. you know, that some of our companies do very well there. Yeah, I, I lo- I've been to the Salon de Agriculture a couple of times, and I think it's they're in the same place at the exposition out, like take one of the metro lines to the very last stop. And it's then you two, get two out. stops from the airport. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay. And it is... You know, it's different than than this show. This show, I mean, obviously, because at that one you have a room of cows and a room of chicken and the baby piglets and every kind of farm equipment you can imagine. And there's a couple food halls where the one food hall that I love is the different regions of France presenting their food as like little restaurants. So you could have, go to the Raclette restaurant or you could go to the oysters on the half shell from Brittany and Normandy or you could go have cassoulet and that's a kind of a cool thing that they add into their mix. But it's, it's a huge business. I mean, people have to eat. Well, how many people are here this weekend? I mean, how many people how are many showing people and how many up? visitors are you getting? Yeah, um, well, 1,400 companies are showing. Mm-hmm. You know, the average company has maybe four people, something like that. So around 6,000, 7,000 exhibitor personnel. And then we're estimating around 16,000 buyers. Wow. Yeah, which wow. is a lot, but it, it's less than we had before. We, we've actually put in a very rigorous qualification process, whereas all the buyers have to provide us with their tax ID and they mm-hmm. have to provide with one other form of identification that shows they are buyers because we don't want you know not yes, my mother coming over here oh right? my mother's the worst i mean yeah i have she just get her hi mom hi mom up. you're not the worst but you were the worst at the food show when you came if you're listening i know you're listening but she just was like a kid in a candy store right. i mean you know she came to help and then she's like oh mom don't but um, but you're right. It's you know, and I even when I walk down, I like try not to eat too much stuff because you know people are there. They're trying to make a sale, and the other way I look at it is I'm a consumer. 
So I'm walking down the street. I may not need this for my business or I may not buy 30 cases from you, but I went to the call a power booth. The cauliflower is, I guess, a large trend right now. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and I had never had a cauliflower pizza dough. I mean, I've heard about it. I've read about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm a consumer. I'm going to taste it because that may be something that I'm going to start buying. And so everybody, no matter whether they're a nosher or not, they really are a potential consumer to a product. I've got a cauliflower crust in my freezer right now. And then last night, did you make at, uh, it by scratch? No, no, no. You I, bought I, it. I purchased it. Was it Cauliflower? I don't know the name of the um, of the company. I think but... it's Cauliflower. Is it Cauliflower? I think it's Cauliflower. Oh, there cauliflower. could be a Cauliflower too. The cauliflower, oh, maybe there Cauliflower is. is located up in around Chico, I think, oh. you know, and it's actually two women and one of them um, had some kind of nutritional deficiency i'm not sure exactly what it was you know but they developed the product um you know because of that and they've been very successful with it yeah yeah and last night at the uh, at the fairmont when i was at dinner they said you can either have white rice or you can have um uh cauliflower rice that was an option oh that's a cool not white or brown rice but it's yeah cauliflower rice. nice little alternative yeah the and you know obviously gluten-free paleo um Salt, low salt, low fat. I mean, non GMO. Non GMO. I mean, I mean th- those all come into play here. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Gluten free, our research shows, is becoming less important. Hmm. You know, about 30% of um, companies. So we ask people what product claims they put on their product. Right. Um, no, we actually ask buyers what product claims they look for. And um, two years ago, about 30% were looking at gluten-free as being important, and that's fallen down to 21%. Okay. So I think what's happened, at least in that market, is that you know the celiacs still obviously need the gluten-free products, but there were a lot of people that thought they would be healthier if they didn't eat pasta and they didn't eat bread. Right. And, you know, they realized that you know maybe they were a little bit healthier, but they weren't <laughs> quite as happy, so they decided to go back and uh-huh. you know start start eating right. those. Products. I would be in that group right there. Yeah. Well, you're. <laughs> situation with your wife you know your wife can't eat all she that has stuff. celiac but so i i try to be good but also working in restaurants i mean good bread and good pasta yeah. is just impossible to turn down yeah yeah it's like not yeah did you grow up uh kind of um really interested in food or how did you get into this oh it's not well i don't know so no, I did. I, I, you know, I you know, I, I grew up outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was a typical house in the '60s. You know, where we had meatloaf on Monday night, and we had you know, you know, chicken on Tuesday night, and my mother made something called Spanish rice. I have no idea what was in it, oh, I, and I didn't like it. But that was that that was Wednesday night. Um, so not really. Although my grandfather, interestingly, he he was a um, a steelworker. And he worked in the he worked in the factory until he was forty years old. And by the time he was forty years old, he had saved up enough money to buy a farm. Right. So he bought what, as a, I as a child thought, was a really small farm. It was a thirty-six acre farm wow. in Western Pennsylvania, which I guess wasn't that small. Um, so I, you know, as a kid, I was going, you know, and you know, milking the cows and picking the strawberries and all those types of things. So I guess I had that type of background yeah. more from my one side of my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went to journalism school and mm-hmm. ended up working for my first um, job was working for a, a wine and liquor magazine. My second job was working for a business to business food magazine. And that's kind of the, the track that I took. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I, if I'd gotten my first job 
being a movie critic, I'd be doing something very different. <laughs> but but you know, when you're when you're 21, 22, you know, oh, you you, you kind know. of know your path. But I think sometimes it just kind of takes you, you know, and luckily I've been happy with the path and I haven't tried to change it. I know a lot of people do try to change it as they go yeah. forward, but I, I've been happy with where I've ended up. Well, you get to travel a lot, don't you? I do get to travel a lot, which yeah. is fun. I mean, we do the international shows. Um, one of the m- more fulfilling things about my job right now is we work with a lot of different universities. So yesterday we had about 150 students from UC Davis and Cal Poly who came, you know, to experience the show. And what, what we want is we want to show these, you know, smart young students that there's opportunities in the specialty food industry. You know, they don't have to go work for Pepsi or for a pesticide company right you know there's other options for them so um we bring them to the show and i get to go to the campuses and and talk you know we work with maybe 10 or 12 different universities which is really nice and we work with 10 or 12 different incubators um next week i'm giving a presentation in unicoi tennessee which is an incubator in the smoky mountains and Uh there's a lot of specialty food activity that's happening this is kind of Asheville, north carolina Mm -hmm. tennessee kind of that corner of north Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. Um, and it's just wonderful to go out and, you know, talk to these companies that are coming up with ideas. Yeah, you know, helping and them helping figure them out, out yeah, yeah, how to know. how to get there. I'm thrilled about that because I feel like in the food industry, certainly in hospitality, there's less and less people that are choosing that as a career to move forward. And I think ha- having people have options and knowing you know, what's out there is just critical. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's vital. I think it's really important. And, um, you know, and our members need it, you right. know, I mean, your, your company might be in the same, you know, position. So there's a lot of people that have been in the business, you know, for 30 years, they're getting into their late fifties or sixties and they want to keep their companies going and they need to get some bright young people in there to really help them out, right. you know, and that's one of our goals as the association is to try to make those connections. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't hire the people, but we can introduce, you know, people that need, you know, good people to good people, mm-hmm. you know, that's really furthering what we want to accomplish. And then how about the awards? I mean, the awards are a big deal. I mean, when you get your trophy, I have a trophy, but the head fell off. Wait, so what are the awards? Do you remember that? It looks like an Emmy almost, but it's the man. It's the fancy food show man. And and is it for a person in each category or is it for, what are the we, um, categories? We, we do the Sophie Awards <laughs> and they are actually done. We're we'll going to be doing the judging in March. Um, but we do them in 39 different categories. <laughs> wow. And, um, and we give four awards per category. So we have 60 judges that will be coming to New York. Mm-hmm. And they taste all these products blind. And then they rate the products on innovation, quality, um, and ingredient profile. So they don't see the label. They don't see the label. That's, and that's interesting. A cha- that's yeah. a, that's yeah. a change. When you won, they saw the label. Right. We changed that about four years ago. And interestingly, when we changed it, it it, it – some and some good things came about because some of our more established companies won. Right. You know, one of the ones that I've always been a great admirer of American Spoon Foods, which is from yes. Northern Michigan. Yes. And, and their, their fig jam's amazing. Yeah, and their products are all amazing. But when people were seeing the label, they were thinking, oh, you know, you know, it's an older company. It's not mm-hmm. that exciting. And then when we switched it over, um, they won. 
See, and I, now, I think they've won the last two that, years. Knowing that, I yeah. might enter again. You're welcome to enter. Yeah, I might. <laughs> Why, are you um, not proud of your packaging? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I think, like, you know, people have ideas. Like, I don't care what kind of judge you are. If you can see the label and you have a memory or an association or something, it's in your DNA already. I mean, so you may get excited by something. It's not about even the packaging. I just think you can get subconsciously swayed. Right. And so I love that it's blind. Well, they have preconceived notions exactly. you know, about, about the brands. And we felt that that wasn't the fairest way to do it. So we're yeah. doing it blind now. Yeah, I think that's great. That's yep. exciting. But people, but again, you know, having that award, people put that award up. They're very proud of it. It goes on all their marketing materials. And it is, it has to be the premier award in the food business, I would guess. Oh, by far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, there, I yeah, don't think the there's best. anything else like that. But um, I was a judge a few years back for the Good Food Awards. And it's hard work. I had pickles. Yeah, I did pickles. I've you done, did? I've done, pic- I've done pickles three times, but uh, you must, yeah, have, you must was, not have been, been it wasn't the same year, it's been I don't think. definitely, uh, Christian Reynosa was like coordinating it. I did it one year. Um, in dog, was it in dog patch? I mean, I can't, yeah, like where I, everything was tasting. So you maybe did it a few maybe years a year ago or two before. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, um, it's intense. It's hard work to taste like 60 different pickles and krauts and yeah, kimchi. Well, but, oh, the kimchis were so good. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun. Actually, They were yeah. fun. Yeah. Doing that for wine is one thing. Your palate does start to get tired, especially when you're talking about something yeah. with acidity like that. That is a little overwhelming. It I'm surprised crazy. that you would taste that many things because I would think what usually, and this happens in uh, with wine as well, what usually ends up winning is something that stands out from the other brands. Exactly. And so it's usually something unique that has some unique ingredient and that the others don't have. Itself, right, yeah. right. So it kind of, then your palate goes, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has just been so wonderful for you to be with us and give us the insider view and um, just, yeah, and John, I'm going to let Brian, we have a tiny break where he's going to be a total food show virgin. Oh my Has gosh. Okay. No idea. Okay. No clue. He's going to get an hour. You're going to be like on a, a beat the clock show. Wow. Yeah. And we are at a room sort of in the belly of the Moscone Center. Sandra actually blindfolded me as we came in. So <laughs> exactly. I couldn't see you have anything. no idea who's out there. <laughs> so I'm excited to go look around. She just yeah. brought a few little goodies, but yeah. um, oh, I'm, you are right. I'm going to be like your mom. Yeah. I gonna... think, I think Brian knows this, but Taste products the way you would normally eat. Right. So don't have the chocolate fudge and then the hot sauce and then the salsa and then right. the smoked tuna. Yeah. You know, so some course it out. Yes, course yeah, it course out. it out exactly. in a reasonable way. Well, I mean, so. there used to be years where, and I don't do this anymore, but like Sunday, it would be like all my cheese and protein day. And then the next day would be my snack day. And then the last day would be like chocolate. But it's too much walking. You can't keep going back and forth. Right. No, but I would love to hear people's different systems. Don't you think a lot of people who have been coming oh, back year after year have these different systems that they have when they arrive? Like, yeah. Okay, we know we're going to do this. Just like you were saying, exactly. I bet there's a lot of those uh, out there. Yesterday, I yeah. did not do that. I was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. always warn, particularly the Cal Poly students, oh, yeah. because if you're 20 years old and oh, you, you see all, all this stuff, you want everything. But then they have like a four-hour bus ride. Oh to go back to San Luis Obispo. So, (laughs) you know, we give them a talk before they get started and say, you know what? 
might feel really good to taste all these type of things, mm-hmm. but when you're sitting on that bus at nine o'clock at night, yeah. you may Your not stomach feel the is best. Growling. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's awesome, and and your hospitality and letting us have a quiet place to do this. And um, you know, our show is really just about all the people who have passion about food and it just comes in so many different ways. And we're just trying to explore, you know, well, it seems like we're in the epicenter. Today. We are, this is, this is it. We this could, is food yeah. passion exactly. on steroids. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. So thank much. you for having us. Yeah. And thank you for coming to the fancy yeah. food show. Thanks, Rob. Great. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. This has been the bike goes on with Brian Casey and Sondra Bernstein. We've actually got um, some other guests lined up from the food show. So we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you so much. <laughs>